0: What's up? How's it going? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Hollywood Tales. My name is Ahmed Ahmed, your host, and my co host, Blake Barty. Check us out here on YouTube. We are on Spotify, Amazon, Podbean, Jam in the Van YouTube channel. Just go to Hollywood Tales Podcast. We just started this podcast at the Jam in the Van Studios. If you have not been here, I talk about it every week you got to come check it out. Go to jaminthevan.com and you'll see all their upcoming shows. It's a really cool venue. It's a, uh, rehab. It's an ex rehab center, um, that they've converted into this like live venue that has music and comedy and podcasts now. So it's really fun. Go to jaminthevan.com and, uh, check them out. And, uh, we have a special guest coming on that i'm excited to bring on oh yeah did you check him out at all yeah right what did you would you without saying his name would you come up with as far as how prestigious he is i I mean i have questions (laughs) all right well, well we'll just bring him right on our guest on this episode of hollywood tales is an old dear friend of mine he's a fellow egyptian american he uh fuck i think i'm gonna fuck this up Born in America, raised in Dubai, moved back to America. I'll let him confirm or deny that. He is an accomplished magi- magician. <laughs> musician. <laughs> Keep that. Don't, don't cut it. He's an accomplished, highly accomplished uh, musician, music composer. He's, his, his IMDb is a mile long. We met through a mutual friend of ours named Iad Zahra, who directed a, a beautiful film called Takwa Corps* about the punk rock Muslim scene in North America. And Omar uh, was the music composer on this thing. And so I, when I was making my documentary, Just Like Us, I, uh, I reached out to Omar and I said, would you be interested in working with us and collaborating on our documentary? He said yes. He did an amazing job. If you want to hear any of the music, just go to iTunes, type in Just Like Us, the movie. 98% of it is his music a couple licensed things here and there, but most of it is his nice and original um, and He's gonna sample some for us as well. So without any further ado, please Welcome our guest virtually here at Jam of the Van uh, Hollywood Tales podcast Omar Fadal
1: Hey, hey Omar, what how's up? The guy? what's happening?
0: Well, what's up, Habibi? How are you <laughs>
1: doing good? How are you guys doing?
0: Yeah, if if, uh, if those people out there who don't know the word Habibi, it means it's a term of endearment. It means like my sweet, my love. But guys could say it to each other, and it's no, like buddy. It's like buddy in Arabic. Habibi, yeah. like yeah, it yeah. in Habibi. But yet, do you have to I really Arabic? feel
1: like uh, at a loss here because I don't have any magic tricks uh, ready to go here. <laughs> but I actually, th- there is a possibility that it would be more interesting interview if I was a magician. But um, you know, I don't know uh, why I said that. I think you That's are all right. a magician We've, we've been making
0: podcasts all day morning, so I'm just like, ah, oh, magician, <laughs> Well, I'm a little Close frazzled. Enough. Omar, this is my good friend, comedian, co-host, Blake Barty. He's
2: never called What's me Habibi, Blake? though, so it's okay. I'm going to start calling you, you Habibi. I wish you would. I'm going to start calling you my white Habibi. <laughs> nice to meet you, too. <laughs> nice to meet you, yeah.
0: So, guys, this is Omar Fado. He, uh, did I, was I correct with the board in U.S.? Mm-hmm. Raised I was in, born in Houston. Born in Houston,
1: Houston, grew up uh Dubai, Egypt, Oman, a uh, bunch of places. My my dad worked in the oil business, so we've moved around every couple of years. So and you... then yeah, finished high school in the US.
0: Right. And uh we thought them, mm-hmm. but something uh Kalum Queis.
1: Yeah, but Kalum Quays, I guess. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to throw out my dirty Arabic. To Omar and he's like, "Yeah, bro, let's keep it American tonight." Are, are we are
1: we do you, are we are we keeping it clean? Is this a clean uh, censored conversation no. or are we no, no, oh, no. Okay, we're, so we can drop drinking,
0: any drinking Stella saying fuck 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 fuck, fuck whatever you want. Fuck, 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 <laughs> okay. I know good. that's your favorite feels word good, too. good. feels good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so look, let's Damn. get into it. Uh want. Sure, we we want to talk about uh how we know each other, uh our yeah. work relationship our friendship talk about some of the projects you um have done and are getting into and we'll end it with your best hollywood tale but let's start out with how you got started as a musician you were in a heavy metal band if i remember correctly you told me
1: yeah well, i mean how of, i got started of them. yeah for sure but then i mean how it got started uh you know i started my grandmother started teaching me piano when i was five or six i think okay. and then over the years, like up until um, I guess high school, I had like teachers on different instruments. I had like piano teacher, drum teacher, uh, guitar teacher. And um, I don't really all, know All at the why. same
0: time or at, like at different times? Like, some of them were kind of
1: going at the same time. Like I think piano and drums were going at the same time. And then at some point I got tired of the piano lessons. I think I got tired of the instructor actually. I didn't get tired <laughs> of piano. Um, and then you know, uh, over the years, it's kind of, um, expanded where I have, uh, my wife would at least say that I have, um, too many instruments. So how many like, instruments? You know,
0: yeah, I mean, I'm, how see, many do you play? I could, yeah, I could see in your background. I mean, do I
1: play well or how many do I play? Cause there's a big difference. How many <laughs> well, do
2: you use when you're, you know, you know, composing something?
0: Oh, I, I,
1: I don't even know. I mean, just looking around like this part of the room, there's probably 20 or 30 that are within arm's reach, but, um, You know, I mean, the thing is, like, a lot of them are kind of unique, strange uh, instruments, and, you know, they get used maybe, if I'm lucky, once a year. Mm. Um, But, you know, it's like you have that one project that needs some weird, you know, obscure instrument, and I'm like, I have that instrument, I haven't played it in two (laughs) years, it's got a bunch of dust on it, and (laughs) And then it goes back on the stand and doesn't get played for a while, so...
0: And There's, by the way, um, you you play a lot of unique instruments because you come you score a lot of not only film and TV, but like like video games. Didn't you score Assassin's Creed or some shit? Yeah, right? I was on
1: Assassin's uh a while back. Yeah. So I mean I you know, it's Can
0: you imagine the I sound effects on that?
1: I played it. it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's a bunch of weird, uh, weird Yeah, and, and that particular Assassins, it was um like a lot of kind of plucky, you know, piratey sounding you know instruments so it's like you know these Ping things housing. they don't get used a lot <laughs> essentially that is uh the way it is actually yeah. <laughs> but uh Ping yeah housing. lots of toys and they all get played at some point in time
0: so we we had a little not argument or just disc- i guess it was more of a discussion about oh, can we talk i, about I know where this? we're going you know where well, i know where we're it?
2: going I, I think i've heard about this <laughs> as well omar
0: omar Fadel is and go to his website omar Fadel. Uh, o-m-a-r Fadel. dot com. Find him at Omar Fadel uh, Composer. Is it on Instagram?
1: uh Quite possibly. I think so. Oh. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the I'm the worst person to ask about these things. Anyhow, <laughs> I think so, though. He's a, he's
0: one of the most talented musicians I've ever met. Like he just has so much musical range, and he can sing uh, too. You're him. too kind, man. But I said I asked him. that's kind of a similar question that you asked. I said, you know. Is, is there something you don't play or won't play? And you said, "I don't do brass."
1: No, I said I don't play brass.
0: You you said it's it doesn't not. Doesn't mean I don't
1: like it. You said it's we, not an I don't remember that part of the conversation. Whoa, whoa, whoa!
0: <laughs> it was kind of a snobby, like the way you said. Maybe you didn't say that exactly, but you were kind of like, "Yeah, I don't fuck with brass." He's a strings guy. Your strings and drums <laughs> and vocals.
1: This alleged conversation has been we'll like following on. me around now for years. Like it's, it's like. A- you don't like brass and you don't like winds. I write for them. I just don't play them. You, know? <laughs> so you gotta, you gotta be realistic with your, uh, you know, goals and objectives as far as a musician. I just, have never been good with those kinds of instruments. So that's I, like saying that's like saying, for
0: them. that's like saying I write jokes for comics, but I won't perform them. I mean, you won't play. You won't yeah. play the brass, Omar. I don't
1: know how to do it. It's never been my uh, thing. I've tried. You don't it's not know like how, or you I just you don't, you don't you don't respect. The I don't instrument. know how. I don't think it's. I know. I respect the. Inter- <laughs> <laughs> I know.
0: I'm fucking with For you. For years, you know
1: we've with. had this discussion. I, I, I love, love it to all my uh, woodwind and, and brass playing friends out there who I've hired on many a project. I have nothing personal against your uh, your instrument of choice. I, I, you know, I respect you. <laughs>
0: it's kind of, kind of backhanded, but okay. Uh, so, <laughs> you, you you start out in music. Uh, you, you're you're being trained classically basically right like you're getting yeah and and by the way expensive lessons not like one or two a week you're playing every instrument like five days a week it sounds like
1: yeah it was a lot of it i don't know why because i don't come from a family of um
0: professional musicians like i have you know a couple Well, you came from a family of oil money so they could afford it (laughs) well (laughs) (laughs) sorry i'm just throwing it out there bro how
2: many tigers did you own growing up
1: Oh, my gosh. You know, it's, you know, it's, I'll t- tell you a funny anecdote is that when I met Bethany, my wife, she knew that my dad worked for, had worked. At this point, he had, hadn't been in the oil business for a long time. And she, he's like, he's a son of an oil man. He's like some, you know, stupid rich person. Um, and, I, you know, she's from West Texas where that's all oil money. So I assumed that she was like the very rich oil person. <laughs> it turned out that neither one of us were. And we, we kind of both got screwed in that. That sounds that like a,
0: that sounds like a bad rom com. She's
1: like my dad like, yeah, two, works are two at couples. Jiffy Lube. He changes so what,
0: oil. One couple, yeah. My dad, my dad <laughs> makes oil money. That's you met your wife in college, right?
1: I I had just finished college. She was still in college. Yeah, but you went been to, together. Uh, for I went to UT University UT. of Texas at Austin. Right.
0: Yeah. So what's that like? You're an Marty. Egyptian. You're an Egyptian Muslim American who, if you closed your eyes and you were to start speaking no one would know that you were egyptian you sound very very american mm. but <clears throat> did mm. your name and culture and color of your skin affect you while you were going to school in texas because texas is a very you know let's just put it out there you 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 from there you live I'm not there. from there well you I've look in there you look like you're from there yeah it's a very <laughs> you know it's a, sorry I, w- I might get cancelled after this episode <laughs> you're fine uh, did, you, did, I mean, you, I don't, did you did you receive any like, you know, backlash or, do, or people are like, oh, this guy's fucking cool. He drinks beer and he plays guitar.
2: Austin's
1: I mean, nice. I don't remember like any of, of that. I mean, I, I not to be like heavy, but or heavier, but I, I would suspect that your. Um, uh, existence is it runs like a similar uh, uh, plot story which is like there's you know as an arab american there's before 9 11 and then there's after 9 11 Mm -hmm. so any of that weirdness or you know being like hyper aware of your ethnicity or religion or whatever is all after 9 11 when there was you know kind of a schism you know and it was like before and after and before days were totally different and and so that to me is like when um when I remember, like distinctly remember, like, you know, being hyper aware of of, culture, ethnicity, all that stuff that's I kind of was, wrapped in there.
0: I was hyper hyper aware of it too after 9-11, and you know my story, I mean, being detained, mm-hmm. arrested and profiled and all that, but in the 70s and 80s, we were still feeling it in Riverside, California, um, from people that didn't know what an Arab was, they didn't know what a Muslim was. Right. They would call up our house and say, go back to your fucking country, you Iranians. And we're like, we're Egyptians. And it's pure ignorance. No, it's just like, it's geographical ignorant. Yeah, it's yeah. racism and ignorance. So, you know, yeah, I had to educate my haters. Uh, but I guess in Texas, it didn't really matter. You were in a rock band, so I, that probably helped, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, you kind of get the cool <laughs> card uh, if you're in a rock band. That's just by default. So, you know, take it where you can get it, I suppose
0: what
2: instrument is but, your, um, your bread and butter instrument now like, what, what are you the
1: best at uh, brass, probably brass. piano because i said br- brass yeah yeah, yeah secretly <laughs> actually <laughs> i'm a french horn player <laughs> no i mean i sit at <laughs> i sit at a, at a um you know uh, at a keyboard or piano literally all day long so it's it's you know just kind of becomes your go-to thing and that's yeah. i think most composers like you know it's kind of goes with the territory, you know. I mean, I Wait. think you can see a piano in the background. Back. Countless yeah.
2: synthesizers to go through, and all those different sounds. So Countless
1: sense. synthesizers and drum machines and shit everywhere, man. Um, yeah. yeah, lots of stuff. Let me.
0: Um, I just I, I was looking through. Uh,
1: I was looking for a photo of something earlier, and I um, I found this photo that I t- I'll send it to you afterwards. I found this photo of I think it's a picture of your dad. Um, when we were in the uh, we were recording part of the just like Us" score and so there's like a little picture like I can see the TV with your dad on it and then below it there's like you know displays and keyboards and shit just lying around the studio and and you know it's the same thing it is now it's just there's more shit now so it's, I, um, but it's great did I take I'll that, send you that photo
0: you may have I don't know I think we were in your studio so let's let's fast yeah. forward and then I want to go back You and I met um, through Iyad Zahra, our good friend and brother. Right. Who made this awesome film called Takwa Corps about the punk rock Muslim scene in North America. It's based off of a book, then a documentary, then Mm -hmm. uh, Iyad made it into a feature. And he won a bunch of awards and Sundance Film Festival audience appreciation award and all that stuff. But he scored, you scored his movie. Right. And then when I went to... That's how we met. Right, and I said, hey, I'm looking for a music composer. And he said, I know this guy who's also Egyptian. He's also American. You guys are really kind of alike. He's a kick-ass music composer. Check his stuff out. And I did, and I was a fan, like, right away. And it's funny, because I feel like I've known you longer i feel like we have are sort of blood brothers and soul brothers from a yeah well i mean i think that's life. why
1: we kind of clicked from from the beginning It's I was like, it was like oh this this guy i, I get this guy <laughs> this guy and i would have been friends when we were kids you know right yeah um and it feels like that it feels like i've known you for 30 years or 40 years or something
0: yeah i feel like we
1: not to date myself yeah
0: <laughs> you look timeless in your kind I feel like we speak the same language and, uh, we got together and you know, I was super just grateful to kind of have somebody though. There's my sister, Amira Diva. <laughs> Amira is going to be on the podcast next. It's oh, cool. Little, I Say might hi. have her, I might have her swing in here really quick for a guest, maybe in the end, she literally walked in and like, ah, <laughs> you know, you know my sister.
1: I do. I just saw her.
0: So, um, we met, and you know, I made this documentary in 2009 called Just Like Us. And I've talked about it on the podcast before. Uh, I took 10 American comics to Dubai, Lebanon, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, performed in front of over 20,000 people. Whitney Cummings was in it, and Sebastian Maniscalco was in it, and uh, Maz Jobrani, and uh, Eric Griffin, and Kirk Fox. And the list goes on and on. And, um, we shot 200 hours of footage and we cut it into a 72 minute documentary and we needed some music. So I met with Omar and I gave him the film rough cuts. We started with, if I remember correctly,
1: probably. Yeah, I think so.
0: And you were just such a fucking brilliant music composer as to how you were layering the vibe of the doc. Like there was a, you know, music always can make or break a movie. Right. And you just have such a great flow. We disagreed on one song. If I remember. We did
1: have one moment, uh, well, the, the, the one cue of infamy. Yeah, you wanted more. I no wait,
0: Led Zeppelin, Ramblin' On. <laughs>
1: no, we didn't disagree on Ramblin' On, man. No, You're never well, gonna no, hear no, me. No. We not that we song. disagreed on the later one.
0: No, there was a, there was a well, there were two of them actually. Now that I think about it, there was a song that was in one of the countries that sounded to like po- like put po- like Russian folk music.
1: I, I remember that.
0: And I was like, hey, can we switch that up? And you're like, yeah, no problem.
1: I remember what the thing about Zeppelin was. I had totally forgot about this. I had forgotten about it. It was you had temped the film with Ramble On, which it's fucking Zeppelin. Come on, you know, it doesn't get any better than that. And I was like, man, don't use that as a temp because like what you're saying is, this is a placeholder for something that you have to do that has to be as good, <laughs> if not better. And I'm like, well, don't tempt it with something that's by Led Zeppelin, because I'm not going to beat that. It's an unrealistic You did, But
0: you did in the end, you did. I don't know about that. I don't know, I tried. There's, I don't know there's if a, I did, but if I, you I tried. Watch, Look, if you're watching this, go to YouTube, type in cross-cultural productions. You'll see the documentary, it's called Just Like Us. In the beginning of the film, as the journey starts, there is a feeling that i was going for as a director yes i direct two bitches there's a feeling that i was going for where i was yeah. like hey can you can you do something like this led zeppelin rambling on and you were you know i remember we were kind of not butting heads but you know and then i i don't know what happened but we, we had like an aha moment i came i came to your to your house and studio when you were living Mm -hmm. in like Culver city or west la or whatever
1: yeah Yeah, yeah. we
0: sat down we sat down in your studio and i you know i was checking out his operation he's like a fucking scientist he has all these components (laughs) and musicians and like i look i respect your your art and craft and what you guys do it's from a from a technical level it's just fascinating what you guys can do but we ended up kind of agreeing okay this is the the feel of the music i'm going for not copy a led zeppelin song you know what i mean no no of course it was more not. like that's can you yeah, go no, I... for this kind of feel and you know what it works it actually to this day when i listen to that music you strung together i always like shed a little tear for some reason he knows that's why he did it you know you're trying to <laughs> tickle my cord are you
1: hey man i'm glad it worked out i'm glad that's because uh, that's a. Uh... That's a tall order, you know, having that as a temp track. It's, uh, you know, kind of informs as a composer, it informs your decision of where you need to go. And, you know, when it's something like that, I'm like, fuck, man. I mean, that's just a, that's a, that's a, it's a tall order. I don't know how else to put it. It's hard to, to deal to compete with that, you know? And because there is a, you know, it's, we don't want to, we're not going to knock off Led Zeppelin, but at the same time, it's like, it's hard to forget the temp. Like the biggest challenge for a composer is, to have the director, or producer, whoever's the creative, uh, head creative in it, you know, forget that there was music before your music, you know. Right. And when it's something like Led Zeppelin, you're like, man, that's, that's going to be rough. But we got through it. I got, you know, now, like the last time I saw that film, I didn't even think about Ramble On. So in that sense, it's a success
0: well if you want to listen to the soundtrack do you have any uh music you want, we can share with our listeners and watchers that we can sample from yeah i don't
1: know um just like us? that's from just like us i don't know what's gonna how well it's gonna translate through the earbud but we can try,
0: Let's try um it. and you know what
1: i have a, a story um in a second because i was oh, i'll tell you in a second it's a good story though <laughs> i mean can what's you even hear song? that
0: yeah turn, turn it up a little bit is this "Tanks in the Streets"? It is. The song's called "Tanks in the Streets." In the movie, we go to Beirut, Lebanon, and there are literally tanks in the streets.
1: And there's the big kind of explosion. It gets big. I remember that was. This like song.
0: That. This is one of my favorite songs in the movie. In the movie. Me too. There's a nice build-up crescendo, and when we're going through Beirut, Lebanon, you can kind of see. it's a really kind of militant type of music
1: very yeah it works the picture that i i picked the wrong song actually the one i was thinking of
0: what about when you walk in uh 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 oh is that is that it this is this one yeah And so the, and then the guitar solo oh
1: there's like the funk guitar yeah
0: but yeah no but that's so when we when we go into beirut lebanon this song kicks in and it kind of when you're watching the movie you know again going back to his you know as a music composer you watch somebody sends you something with no music right and in your head you're like how do i lay in the right music per scene per moment per episode right
2: yeah the music adds so For much sure. feeling too yeah
0: so like what yeah what what's your i guess what's your process what how do you get there i mean or are you, you, know, wa- are you times... watching other movies and projects are you watching other stuff going okay i'm going to take from that movie i'm going to steal from this no i mean you know drink. i mean
1: i guess when I, like i mean i watch a lot of tv and films and stuff because you got to know what else is going on out there and you see something that's like executed really well and you're like oh that's cool what do they do there? You Back it, wind up, you know, uh, rewind. What do they do there? And you kind of, you know, you—that's part of the the craft, you know. Like being a composer for media is there's like the um, the intangible part, which is like the art, which is the you know writing music. But then that kind of commingles with the tangible, and the tangible is the craft of writing music to picture. And like, do you have music play with the scene? Do you have it work against the scene? Is it better to not have music? Like you know, there's all these different variables that go into, um, not to be punny, crafting a score. Um, <laughs> and so, whenever you know, generally at the beginning of the process, and I'm sent like a rough cut or something, ninety percent of the times there's temp music, temporary music, right? And it's just whatever the editor or the music editor or whomever is choosing that uh, placeholder um, they put it in there just for timing. So they have something to cut the picture to, to establish, you know, pace and whatnot. Um, and then, so I'll watch it with that music and be, you know, kind of like, okay, I kind of get what they're going for. And then I'll turn it off and I'll never listen to the temp music again. Cause I don't want to rip it off. I don't want to knock it off. Especially if there's something that like has cultural baggage, like, uh, Ramble on or, you know, I've had weird things, like things that are like, big massively culturally important uh pieces of music and uh you know i just want to turn it off i don't want to hear it you know my other my only other rule is i don't whenever i'm working on something i don't listen to any other music that in any way or shape or form sounds like what i'm have to work on that's just like my my one thing so if i'm working on uh, whatever, an orchestral score i'm not gonna listen to anything with orchestra just because i don't want to co everything you know and you know something kind of seeps in a little earworm seeps in your brain and then you it ends up in your score you know so yeah, you want that, that kind of helps uh, me keeps it fresh
0: you want that clean you want that clean canvas when you start i guess right when you're scoring. exactly exactly do, do you have
2: yeah. like a bank or a library of stuff you've just you know that you could pull
1: from and use? yeah
0: you've actually you we licensed i think we licensed some from you
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i think there were there were and just like yeah. us there was definitely some Couple licenses um Sometimes it's sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. It just depends on what the project needs, and you know, if it's um, like a narrative film, a lot of times that stuff has to be scored really, either really tightly or whatever the the palette that we're called on to use is is very specific. And so I may not have anything remotely like that, you know. But I mean, there's times where like I'll pull something from the archives and be like, oh man, there's this scene I did for whatever project that. For whatever reason didn't get used there was a really good melody in there i'm going to yank that from that track and use it in this track you know so
0: you'll you'll mix and match from different tracks but how many sorry go ahead
1: no 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 go ahead
0: i was just going to ask you to coattail blake's question about how many uh like how much music is in your library do you think original i don't know but thousands thousands
1: upon thousands right yeah, I have no clue. It's might, it's four or five thousand. I I don't actually know. This you
0: should, you should a, count. You should count one day. You should. <laughs> you should tally hours, up. Tally up how much fucking music, music you have in there. Use, go to Spotify. You're gonna go get to a random
1: text from me one day. It's gonna say <laughs> five thousand twenty one. <laughs> You'll be like, what is that? I'm like, it's the answer to the question. Remember, i don't, right, I'll, right. Yeah, I'll look it up. I, I have no clue. Do you work?
2: Or are you part of you know just selecting songs that you might like to use, like on a? I was watching Forrest Gump recently, and I was like, wow, just like the mm. music they put. You tell you you definitely when they go to Vietnam and they use oh, those right. songs. Um,
1: are you? No, that's you, not that's not me. That would be like the music supervisor.
2: But do you work closely with them to know where they're going to put their songs?
1: Yeah, I mean, generally, like you want to know what's going on, and um, you know, because you want the whole point in the score. Uh, is to you know make the film more cohesive you know Mm -hmm. where it's like you know because if you watch a film without the score without the sound design or without the vfx like it feels like you know it's just some people in front of a camera acting like somebody that they're not you know and so like and even if they're amazing actors like it's still like it it, through the editing process and all the various components it kind of brings cohesion and so you got to know what, you know, what they're trying to license for, like whatever important scene they want to put in, whatever song, it's good to know. Um, and some, and especially like if there's like an overlap between the score and the license piece, you know, they kind of got to jive, they got to work together. Yeah, because so, I've heard them um, play in and it's out always of something to keep him... Oh, sorry. Yeah, exactly. And so you you don't you don't want it to be, unless that's the desire, you don't want it to be, you know, cacophony where mm-hmm. it's just kind of, eh, you know.
2: Yeah i realized in like horror movies, how big that's when I noticed a lot of the scoring because it gets you all on the edge of your seat.
1: Oh, man, it's great. I, so I just did um, uh, suspense and, you know, I watched it without um, and this is not uncommon, so I'm working on this film at the same time that I'm working, they're doing, again, the VFX and the sound design. Right. And so and I'm watching it without the music because I haven't written the music yet. <clears throat> And there's nothing scary about it. You know, yeah. but as soon as you add the score <laughs> and the sound design, that builder. it's like, holy shit, it gets super scary. You know? And it's like, it's, I mean, I have the utmost respect for like the sound designers and the mixers, all the different trades that work on a film. It's, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. It still fascinates me to this day when a, a film comes together and, and ends up being good, much less great. You know, it's, it's a very hard thing to do. And it's like, you miss you fuck up one of those components Mm -hmm. and it kind of ruins the film. You know, like the thing I always like to say is the score isn't going to make a shit film good, but the score, if it sucks, could make a good film shit, you know, and just the audience won't believe it. Or you'll, you know, tip the hat too much. If there's, you know, you don't anticipate too much what's going to happen. It kind of ruins it for the audience. There's all these things that could kind of happen along the way that'll fuck it up for everybody. You know? So it's, uh, it's, still fascinating it's magical to me how uh movies and tv is made still hasn't that that hasn't gone away
0: let me ask you something when you when you i guess stopped playing in bands what Hmm. was how and what was your transition into working as a music composer that's a different muscle that's a whole different side of the industry like how did you get kissed into the deal or did somebody find you or did you start doing no i mean
1: uh so i you know i was in austin and um you know, the writing was on the wall. I mean, the thing is, like, I was a big lover of film music from when I was a kid, which I got from my brother. My brother was, like, a big film score connoisseur. And so I got that from him. And then, um, you know, the band thing, I was like, eh, I don't want to be a broke musician. I don't want to, you know, be a touring musician. And it's I don't see that as, like, the the future.
0: You sound like a comic. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want sure. to be a broke touring comic. I don't want to be a broke... I don't want to be a broke. Comedian. Yeah,
1: that's all, that's all the arts, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, because See, well, well, music.
0: Com- Look, being a being a music composer at your level is like a comic getting a TV series. Like now, you're doing real. I wouldn't say the live stuff isn't real work. It's it's a different payday. It's a different culture. It's a different environment. Exposure, I mean, different exposure. Yeah, it's
1: a totally different existence. That's for sure. I mean, so, you so know, have,
0: it's uh. Uh, how did it happen? Um, yeah. Like, what was your first gig, and how did you get how did you get it? My
1: first gig. Let me see. Uh, well, the first true gig. I, so I had little snippets of music, like little thirty second uh, clips that I burned to a CD, and I I was still in Austin, and I sent I don't know how many of these I sent to every single music house, like that do like ads, jingles, stuff like that, in LA, and nobody got back to me except for one person. Um, who And and she's now a very good friend of mine, so I know the true story, or I know the, the actual story behind it. And it just happened that that CD was on her desk, and she said she would never listen to these things because they would get all these unsolicited uh, uh, demos. And for whatever reason, she was in a good mood, and she popped it in, and it happened to be fine. <laughs> damn and then she called me and said hey would you like to start doing commercials and i was like yes i would oh
0: wow and um i didn't know that and
1: then you know i we'd already been planning on moving to la we moved there, i think you know three four five six months i don't know something later we were there and i you Who's know we? wrote you on and a bunch wa- of commercials. your wife me me and bethany me and my wife yeah you're
0: you're, you're married and, uh, at,
1: this, at this point i just married like less than a year
0: and what was she um, like was she like hey uh what are we doing in la yeah. Yeah. No, like I think that, that's what, about what, right. What dream I mean, are you going you know, gonna it was chase? a big adventure. We were super
1: young. So it was like a, you know, a crazy adventure, you know, right. and, um, but at the same time, it was, it's exactly what you're saying. It was very much chasing an adventure. And, you know, when I look back upon it, I'm like, man, you know, had you known the odds or the probability of success, would you have embarked upon that journey? <laughs> yeah, maybe not. I don't know. You know, what else is I going to do? So. It's that. But anyway, I, so I went when I did that, I did like some, you know, music for advertisement, quickly realized I was not very good at it at all. Like, it's not my thing. Uh, I'm like as a musician, I'm kind of a little left of center. And like, you know, those the people I know that are very good at commercials, they're right down the middle and they can <laughs> right. nail it really quickly. Right. For me, it was a struggle. Anyway, so I did that. And then I had just complete and utter dumb luck. Which is, I found out um, that somebody was looking to hire somebody who had a background in Middle Eastern music and orchestral music and like Western, you know, contemporary music, if you will. And um, and I was like, hey, that's me. I can do that. I studied all, both of those or those schools of music for years and years. I know it like the back of my hand. And so I ended up getting this job, and it was working for the drummer of the Police, Stuart Copeland. And so that was really my first real job, I think. Um, and that, it, and it was, it was like uh, you know, he's like the easily one of the most legendary drummers, you know, of, of modern times. You know, he's and he's worshipped by the drum community. Um, by the way, and so a little
0: fun fact: uh, his brother Miles Copeland used to manage The Police, and the Bengals I know that that's
1: right. And his and, and the, the other brother was the booking
0: agent. Or was it the Pretenders? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I met him because the I was- Go-Go's. Go-Go's. the Go Go's. The Go Go's, right? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah,
1: he <laughs> and he, yeah, he released a bunch. His brother actually had a world music label that was big in, um, in the late '90s, early 2000s. That released like a bunch of those big world music albums and yeah. uh, fascinating family. But so I worked for him uh, for I don't know two or three years. I mean, we're still really good friends. But like working for him, and he found was, you like if I had to, who? like. I found him through oh, found a, him. A, a, well, no, somebody who worked for him had put a job posting online mm. and I saw it and I was like, Oh, I'll apply for that. That's like totally up my alley. And then, you know, he sent it off and you think nothing of it. nothing's going to come of it because it's unlikely. But then something came of it. And I remember, uh, I think I got a call. Somebody called and said, Hey, can you come down to XYZ studio and whatever and meet, um, I and mean, I didn't know who it was, actually. They didn't say who it was working for. And I remember just going, yeah, because it was a big moment for me. You know, it was like the first real thing. But working for him was amazing because it was like getting a master's degree in film scoring and just music in general. He's the guy's a wizard. So, I, sure. um I'd, yeah, if I had to like kind of pinpoint everything back to what got the ball officially rolling, it was that.
0: And then from there, yeah. you just started kind of matrixing your way around the industry and in... in- Pretty much. Yeah. Music,
1: music realm of it. Right.
0: And so one
1: thing leads to another, you know, I, so this is the story I was going to tell you earlier when we were playing that song. So I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday who I just did one of his films and um, something came up in conversation and I did this film for Disney that got canned, like it it was shot, edited, done in the can and it never got released for a number of reasons that have nothing to do with, the film. The, I, know,
0: I know what film you're talking about. The soccer movie? The United,
1: the soccer movie. Yeah. So w- the funny thing is, so somehow we were talking about this and they're like, how did you get that, that film? And I was like, well, how did I get that film? I don't remember. Um, and then I was like, wait, no, I do remember. I had a film that I had scored called Just Like Us. And there was a piece <laughs> of music in Just Like Us. At, uh, I don't, I'll tell you, I don't remember what's, you know the song I'm talking because we just played it.
0: Let me interject. Um, Yeah, go for it. Uh, fuck. I'm blanking. Uh, what's his name? The director of the United?
1: Amin Matalka.
0: Amin, Amin Matalka. Amazing director of Jordanian descent, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah really really talented uh, young director and he saw our documentary just like us at the Doha Tribeca Film Festival that's correct in 2010 he was sitting in the audience I was sitting next to his well now uh his it was his wife uh who passed God bless she, she's passed yeah. Claire yeah but we were all sitting together and I remember he I think he said who's who scored your movie and I said, this really awesome guy named Omar Fado, you should check him out. Is that how it happened? I think that's how it happened. I think it's, it's very, I think Something the like story that, that I know is
1: very similar, which is the producer of that film and I were good friends. And she was trying to get me to be the composer of the film. Right. And he wasn't going to have it. Right. And then he was at that film festival. And I don't think he knew that I'd scored that film. And that film, he watched the film. And that scene came on, which I don't remember where that scene is
0: that hey, has that piece of music. Lebanon. Is it Lebanon? Yep.
1: And I remember like right afterwards he called me and said, holy shit, what is this piece of music in there? Oh, we got to have you on the United. And I was like, okay, great. Lovely. Um, there's more to the story, but that's all I recall now. It's been a while.
0: So, so basically I helped you get that gig. Mm. D- indeed. <laughs> <laughs> fucking around. Indeed, you did. I do want to uh, unknowingly. <laughs> unknowingly, that's the story of my life.
1: <laughs> well, actually, but you were that's there you mean, with
0: him, so maybe it was it was quite knowingly. Actually, I think I think I probably put a bug in his ear and said, "If you're going to hire a music guy, this is your guy."
1: Well, um, I appreciate it. I don't, uh, it's no, uh,
0: uh, no, it's nothing. <laughs> um, you have, but composed, really, to,
1: to be honest, what we really should be doing is thanking Yad because Yad
0: introduced us. Ed is the everything. He's, everything he, goes he's the originator. Iyad. Yes. Yeah. All roads lead through Iyad. You have composed 40 plus projects. Is that right? Yeah, that's what it says on IMDb. Oh, I do okay. want to I do, I do carve out one project. It's a film mm. that uh, he composed the music on called Day One, which was nominated for an Oscar. Mm. So tell us about... It, it didn't win the Oscar. It got nominated. No, it didn't win. But, but, um, but you're still part of a Oscar-nominated movie that you scored the music for. So tell me, tell us a little bit about that movie. It was a very, if I remember, kind of a racy topic.
1: Well, it was about a a translator in the U.S. Army's first day on the job and, like, all this shit that unfolds during that day. And um, this is a good story because it's one of the, you know, the thing I've learned over the years um, is that you never know what's going to happen with something like you work on something. And then, you know, in between when I work on something and when it's released and when, uh, you know, critical claim, like there's long gaps of time, as you know. Right. And that's one of those films like I worked on it. I was happy with the score. I thought it was cool. By the way, a little bit, of little tidbit here so we can get rid of the woodwinds and the brass uh, uh, conversation. <laughs> Just I'm, I'm going to throw this out here. That entire score is all woodwinds there's no other instruments in it (laughs) so
0: you scored it but you didn't play the instruments
1: yeah i mean i I, there's i do stuff all the time that i don't play literally don't play it you know just because i I don't play the instrument or i don't play the instrument well i mean you know that's like me. there's like instruments that i play like i play the piano i think i play it pretty well but there's things that i've written that i cannot play uh, like they're too fast or too technical or whatever, and somebody else would do it. But
0: that sounds day like one. me as a as a comedian and a producer. Like I think I'm a pretty good comic. I can play the piano, kind of. But I'd I'd rather produce and like compose. I'm I'm a, I'm a comedy composer. I'm like there the Quincy Jones of comedy. Too. Yeah, I don't I, look. I'm not gonna sell out arenas. It's it's, it's too late. I, I would have done it. <laughs> I'm 51. It's over. Right. Just do the fucking Hollywood Tales podcast and just come here every week. And this is your, your <laughs> like it's over. Unless I bake a big blockbuster movie or get on a hot sitcom, I'm not going to sell out. This arenas. is called
2: a midlife crisis.
0: right? This here. is for sure called a midlife crisis. No, but just <laughs> a,
1: seriously. It's when, OK. When, Mine's on the horizon, too. So I'm, I'll be right. <laughs> give me a couple of years. I'll be there with you.
0: No, but you so so you score this, this movie gets nominated for an Oscar. Uh,
1: well, so the sto- this is what I was saying is that, you know, you never know what's going to happen and it,
0: it's happened to me
1: time and time again that you do something and it ends up going places. You never thought it was going to go like that film. I, I finished it. I liked the score. Um, they couldn't get, or they didn't, or they, whatever, they couldn't get like a big, uh, uh film festival premiere. So it premiered at some small festival. And then, you know, you forget about it because you kind of move on to your next thing. You know, that's like that's the composer life. It's like it's nice in the sense that you can work on something for a small period of time and then you go to the next one. And so, you know, you just kind of forgot about it or I, I forgot, you know. OK, you know, maybe it didn't work out with that film. And then over the course of four five, six months, it just kept winning all these awards. And I would get these random emails being like day one, one, whatever. I don't even remember when I think one a BAFTA. Um it won all this stuff and I was just thinking like, what the fuck? Okay, cool. And then one day they, you know, the watching like the Oscar uh I guess the short lists, and it was like it was on the short list. I'm like, well, wow, that's pretty cool. And then I don't know, a couple months later they released the nominations and it's nominated for a fucking Oscar. And I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool too. I mean, it's and that's happened several times where like you just don't know what's gonna happen. So back to the uh the uh the arena comedy uh part of the comedy. you just don't know <laughs> did it yeah, did, it, keep uh, doing the did work. that
0: help your career being well because you, you're you, okay so your music didn't get nominated but it will very soon inshallah inshallah
1: i i, I mean you, it was certainly i know, you,
0: I know you're going to get nominated and i know you're going to win an oscar but Gosh, to be man. part of a nominated oscar film did that Get you some street cred around town. I'm sure it got you some, some meetings. Yeah, I mean it's definitely opened.
1: a good bullet point on, yeah. um, on the resume. You know, we got a better agent as a result of it. And then, you know, I've had a couple things that, um, projects like that that, you didn't necessarily think are gonna get any steam. Not in a bad way. Just because, you know, you don't know what's gonna happen. And um, I had a project last year. A a documentary called belly of the beast that won an Emmy. So that helped. And then I've had things that like Peabody's and BAFTAs and and they add up and they're good bullet points on the resume, you know? Um, and really all they do is they make it. So you appear more legitimate and you can charge a higher amount. So yeah. it's well, a good it,
0: all, it also gets you in the door, right? Isn't that the whole idea? Like you get the <laughs> meeting and it's up to you to, to, to close the deal. But saying you have these feathers in your cap, certainly help hey guys yeah go it's never check a bad thing a, yeah it's never a bad thing if you're on instagram go to omar underscore Fadel underscore composer omar o-m-a-r underscore f-a-d-e-l underscore composer that's his instagram check him out on his uh, website omarfadel.com o-m-a-r-f-a-d-e-l.com um, what's your best hollywood tale
1: man you know i am given oh, a lot oh, of thought well, to this uh, sorry
0: sorry before you say that what's oh, coming up what's coming up next for you and then end it with your best hollywood tale sorry
1: uh ooh, I, like I'm projects not, wise you the have problem i'm not a allowed you're not allowed to, say, not allowed to talk like everything you know you're this everything i'm on i sign an nda on everything
0: <laughs> you're literally the Perfect. third guest today that because we were, we're making podcasts like <clears throat> you know all day today and little literally three guests were like oh i i can't talk about that i <laughs> signed but I, I respect it it's fine we'll wait yeah
1: it's not it, i wish i could man it's like one of these things like where like the first thing that they make me do is sign an nda and i'm just like I, get I can't it. do it okay. we can talk off air
0: but, but <laughs> check out omar on instagram on social media and his website and uh let's just let's just wrap it up we like to keep these podcasts like under 50 minutes you know but if you have a hollywood tale that might go a little longer uh funniest you know most most dramatic darkest weirdest whatever your best and it doesn't have to have happened in hollywood it could have happened anywhere around the world sure it has to be sure sure. i mean you know i was thinking about this last night and i'm not
1: like um i don't dwell on the past and i my short-term memories kind of or long-term memories kind of shit so i was like what is my best hollywood tale and i couldn't think of any i mean i i think of like strange Things that have happened to me over the years that are just a byproduct of being, you know, in L.A. Like I, I was thinking about the other day. Um, for, I don't know how this happened. It's a very strange thing. It's not on my IMDb. I don't think it is. But I, it, this was like a year after I moved to L.A. For some fucking reason, I was a background musician in this movie called Charlie Wilson's War. Do you know this?
0: Yeah. With, uh, was that Tom Hanks. Tom yeah. Hanks.
1: And yeah. so, like, if there's, like, a couple seconds where there's, like, some dude in the background playing, that's me.
0: <laughs>
1: I, and I don't know how, I Singings can't even remember, or, like,
0: how. Did you say background No, no, singing? it's like, there was,
1: like, pre-recorded music. Oh, and I was okay. just, you know, right. Uh, uh, what do you call it, karaoke it, I guess. Not karaoke you know, lip-syncing, but with an instrument. But uh, <laughs> I was thinking about that, I was like, I don't know how that even happened. Like, how did somebody find me for that to be the case? But, like, as far as weird stories, like, we had just moved from Texas. Like I didn't know anything. And all of a sudden I'm on this film set and then I'm in the bathroom peeing at the urinal and I, you know, you know look up and there's Tom Hanks peeing in the urinal next to me. I'm like, <laughs> fuck, you know, and we were both dressed up in the, the, the costume. So I think I had like a big mustache. I look like a uh, uh, Pancho V or something. He's like a real big, thick mustache and like some gaudy uh, outfit. And he was dressed in some 70s, like, I think tight-fitting suit. It was a very mm-hmm. peculiar moment, right. you know. Um, <laughs> and there's just been weird stuff like that that's happened over the years. I remember at the Just Like Us premiere in New York. And there I am talking to De Niro. I'm right. like, what the fuck is going on? Like, right. it's very peculiar. Um, Do you have a picture
0: of you and Charlie Wilson's war? A picture of you? In the urinal? not in the urinal but in, in, in the urinal
1: <laughs> when i'm looking up preferably uh
0: you might have a, i'll send it to you i'll have you can to look send forward, me send it, me some assets because we're gonna as the podcast <clears throat> when the podcast airs well hold on a second our, for our the team banner team. of the
1: podcast are you gonna put that picture of me with the big mustache no that's not, the question
0: not, not in the banner but during the conversation we might blast it up if we can find and it. and this is what omar
1: looks like today
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. big mustache <laughs> Uh, yeah I'll find
1: it I have to I'll dig around that's um, a classic though um, yeah I'm trying to think of like other big stories I mean I don't I don't think I have like one end-all be-all story but um,
0: any, any like big like fancy music composers like Hans Zimmer or like have you crossed paths with these guys who
1: I've crossed paths with some of those guys I've been to all their studios and stuff it's super cool I don't know if those are great stories I mean my um, you know after working for stewart um you know i made friends with all of these guys that are like big rock stars because those are the you know his peers you know even though he's a very established film composer and now he composes operas you know in the hanging around were all these musicians so like all of the musicians um who all worship him especially the drum community i've hung out with all of them the the foo fighters and the u2s and the Mm -hmm. um
0: we, uh, just had, we just had we just had the Foo Fighters down. we just had the Foo Fighters movie director on here earlier. BJ oh, McDonald. Yep. Yeah, I can't whole, wait to see that film. Yeah, it looks it looks pretty good. Studio six six six. But sorry, go yep,
1: ahead. Yep, it's it's on my list. No, but I mean I remember uh I don't even know how old I was. It was me and Stuart and Serge Tankian from System of the yep. Down, and was... we're all sitting there playing and wow. recording, and that's on YouTube somewhere, I'm sure. Um, there's just been weird stuff like that, that you just never imagined happening. And, uh, you know, and the older you get, it becomes like something that's happened and your brain kind of, it's kind of fuzzy. And it's like, I don't remember, you know, there are always, uh, always good times. I can say that.
0: (laughs) Well, Omar, my brother, it's been an honor and a pleasure. We really appreciate you making time. You are one of the most talented music musicians, music composers out there, um, Check him out on Instagram, Omar underscore Fadel underscore Composer. His website's omarfaddle.com Love you, brother. Thanks man, for, thank you
1: guys for having me. Man, it was a blast. Thanks for uh, we had some good laughs air, laughs. air hugs.
0: Air hugs. Habibi. Oh, yeah, Habibi. We got some <laughs> Habibis going. <laughs> Habibi. Air hugs. There you go. Hey, one more. Habibi. Right. Give me. A. <clears throat> awesome, man. Well, we're gonna sign out and we're gonna close out awesome. and then come back on like. Come back and do another episode if you have stuff you want to plug or talk about.
1: Man, I would love to do it. Thank you guys for having me, man. I had a blast. Hell, yeah. Thanks,
0: man. Us too, brother. Have a great day. Hi, say hi to, say hi, hi to you Beth and Serge. You got it. I will. His son's name is Serge.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: That was fun, right? Yep, yeah, super fun. This guy's so talented, man. He's like literally one of the most brilliant musicians I've ever met. And I've never seen him in a bad mood. I've never like seen him like cranky. Yeah, he's like a nice guy, real positive. Go to omarfaddle.com, check him out. Yep. Can we get rid of these heads, headphones? That's been another great, awesome episode of Hollywood Tales uh, with my co host, Blake Barty. Yeah. My name is Ahmed Ahmed. Go to Ahmed Ahmed Comedy on Instagram,
2: at Blake Barty Comedy.
0: Check out Jam in the Van on Instagram. Go to their website, jaminthevan.com. There's always awesome shows happening here. Tons of content. Tons of content. They have music, comedy, recording studio, cooking. It's 420 friendly. Uh, big shout out to, to Jake and Dave who own the place. Jake Trainer, uh, the venue manager. Jack, <coughs> excuse me, Jack Higgins, our creative director. And the one and only Wolf Ramirez. And Alex, you, you sat in and helped out a little bit. Killed it. I don't. I never even got your last name, Alex. Uh, Jack. Alex Jack. First name Jack. Jack Alex. Yeah. Okay. Jack Alex.
2: (laughs) Or maybe just you fucked his name up. So that's.
0: Did I? I thought it was. I thought it was Alex for some reason. Fuck.